world we lift you high Stand as one and testify You are great and that is why we magnify your name Emmanuel we lift you high Stand as one and testify You are great and that is why we magnify your name Glory to God Glory to God Glory to God In the high Glory to God Glory to God Glory to God Glory to God
a wonderful and great God. He's right here this morning. Psalm 90 and verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. I'd like to minister for a little while this morning on applying your heart. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. It is written in the Bible, and that's the place we're interested in looking for our guidance this morning, is the Word of God, as Brother Weekly said, chapter and verse. It's right there in the book, and if we will uh, apply our hearts to what God's Word says, then we're going to get somewhere spiritually, and that's what's important. When you apply, that simple word, apply, it means that you're going to uh, bring yourself into nearness. Now, the Word of God said for us to draw near or draw nigh, draw near unto God. We are to do that. That is something that we are greatly encouraged to do. Jesus, in the days of his earthly ministry, he requoted what he inspired, that is the spirit that was within Jesus to the fullness inspired Isaiah to say, this people draw near unto me with their lips but their hearts are far from me. Now, we want to we do it the right way. So we want to draw near unto God with our hearts. We want to apply our hearts unto seeking the Lord. We want to we get near to Him. And it's, it's to the point that you want to make contact. If you're really going to look at this word apply, it means that you're going to bring yourself into not only a nearness, but a contact with God. Uh, as it is written, that we should feel after Him, for He is not far from any one of us. This morning, you you're, don't let the devil somehow deceive you or deceive you further into believing that you can't know God or you can't feel God, you can't get near to Him, you can't contact Him, when in fact all of these things can be done. You can do these things. You have really that power because the Word of God will instruct you that you have that power. Uh, I don't like to hear people make statements about, you know, they accepted the Lord. You might want to find out whether or not He's accepting you. You've got, to, you've got to come in a manner that is correct and righteous. You can't make up your own acceptance rules here. You can't, uh, just like the, the nominal world, and just enter into uh, a way that they define things as. Uh, I want God's definition. I want to learn how He's thinking about things. And that's what um, the writer in Ecclesiastes, the wise man, was inspired to, uh, to say, and I'll read to you from Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 25. And he said, I applied mine heart. Now that doesn't sound like somebody who's thinking about something else 
while they're in church. Doesn't sound like somebody who's thinking about a million other things when they're supposed to be praying and communicating with the eternal, with God. But this sounds like somebody that's found some focus. Somebody who has, as it is written in the Scripture again, that if there are certain things that are offensive, then he said, you get rid of those things. You cut those things off. You move those things out of the way. And to put it with other Scripture and subject matter, you learn to enter into the closet and shut the door. Meaning you're going to shut everything else out. And you're going to have a concentrated focus here in what you're doing. He said, I applied my heart. He said, I was getting in a position to draw near and to make contact with him whom I'm praying to. I don't want a handshake. I don't want to sign some card and date it. I need to uh, get to, what did he say in one place about his thunderbolts? I want a thunderous experience. I want a lightning-like experience. I want something that's going to deliver me from sin. I want to feel the tug and the pull of his everlasting arms that bring me out of the miry clay, out of the deep, horrible pit of sin that I'm sinking into in this world. That I, I applied my heart. You know, it also means to put into action. Put into action. I'm not just, uh, you know, in a passive mode here. <laughs> you know, action is action. There's something happening. That's what it denotes to you. When you think of action, you're not thinking of somebody sleeping or, or just uh, picking their teeth or clipping their fingernails or balancing their checkbook. You're thinking of some activity here. You're thinking of some action here. You're thinking of some effort here. I want to apply my heart. I don't want to do this lackadaisically. I don't, I don't want to do it in a what the, the Jewish call in, in a, a schlepping manner. You know, just going through the motion and dragging my heels here. Oh, no, I, I want action here. I want action. I want, I want something lively. You know, Jesus is giving us an experience that he's, he inspired in his word that we would be lively stones. He is not, as it is written, a dead God, but he is a living God. We're trying to serve the living God here. He is not dead. He's not wood. He's not plastic. He's not fashioned out of plaster of Paris or gold or silver by men. That, that's just man's vain imagination. That's, that's just people that put a statue on the ground and put offerings in front of it. You're not praying to a statue today. You're praying to the living God. He is not dead. He is very much alive, and he makes you very much alive. He quickens you and unites your heart with Him. To apply your heart is to uh, devote yourself. To devote yourself with effort. To make this contact. To make this connection. Everything about it screams that we need to respond to God's reaching for us. His arms are outstretched, figuratively speaking. God is a spirit. But his arms are outstretched. 
and he is, he is reaching for every man, woman, boy, and girl. He is definitely looking right at your heart this morning. And he wants to find a heart that is applying itself to him. If you want a job, uh, we had a young man the other day, he wanted to make a run uh, down the road here, and he said, I, I want to go apply for this job. Well, then, if you're going to do that, you're going to get in the bu get on the bus or you're going to get a ride from somebody or you're going to get in your car. And you might even walk or ride a bicycle, but you're going to get there because you want to apply. Even if it's online, you've got to boot it up and you've got to get the fingers going there and you've got to hit the right keys and you've got to use every activity and action about you, get the brain in gear so that you can fill out the application. You're applying for this thing. You want this thing. Well, let me tell you, more than anything else, you want the Holy Ghost. You want the Spirit and the power and the presence of the Lord in your heart, in your life. You want to apply yourself. You want to devote yourself. It's not a casual passing thing. It's not a hit or miss. It's not, you know, ho-hum, maybe I will if I'm in the mood. You want to devote yourself here to a nearness, to making a contact. All right, everybody said praise the Lord. You want to uh, devote yourself to making an effort here. They took uh, an individual, four men, and the guy said, could you take me to church today? I hear Jesus is having church down the street. Could you take me there? I, I'm not able to get around. And so they made a stretcher, and the four of them lifted him up, and they put that each end of the stretcher on their shoulders, and they marched this man to the church house where Jesus was having church. And when they got there, the place was so packed out, they couldn't get in. And so, you know, they just dropped the stretcher on the ground and said, too bad, no, God, I got other things to do today. But that's not what we're talking about this morning. And these men were an example. They didn't drop the stretcher on the ground. They said, let's get him up on the roof. And we're going to get this man. We're going to show some effort here. We're going to, you talk about action. They started ripping the roof off. Now, it did not say that they did a nice little pretty job. No, they were highly motivated. And they started ripping the tiles back. They started putting the wood back. And they made ropes. And they said, we are going to drop him down at the feet of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, you got to devote yourself to some effort here. Uh, you can't be like them and say, oh, that people... They're getting up and down all the time. You better believe we're getting up and down all the time. And it's not because of some ball going up and down a court. It's because God is in the house. And we need him. We need him. Something is uh, dealing with applying, apply, then it's to something that's pertinent, meaning that it is something that is very focused, very uh, genuine, very real, and, and very necessary. Very necessary. This is pertinent. This is very important. This is an ingredient that we need. Very relevant. It's not something that is, you know, way out on the end of the branch somewhere. This is the root. This is the stock. This is the most important thing. This is not down to be down the priority list. This is to be at the top of the top of the list. This is to become your heart's desire. 
and that's why I'm going to apply my heart. I need to know. I need to know. I'm not just going to take it because somebody says, oh, just read this little prayer and sign this little card, and you're okay. And you know you're not okay. You know you're dealing with the same devils, the same demons that you're wrestling with. You know you still got a whole bunch of problems and stuff in your heart, and Jesus Christ is telling you, I need you to apply your heart. I need you to devote and put some effort to getting a hold of me, contacting me, getting an experience that will deliver you from sin, that will break the grip of the devil's hold in your life, will give you victory, victory. Everything that his word says is up to date. It's cutting edge. It's relevant. It's not old-fashioned. It's not outdated. Uh, it's not something, you know, uh, some people, I don't know, they love antiques, and I think sometimes they love them too much. I mean, I really don't want to plow. I'd rather ride a big, giant John Deere than put a harness behind my neck and over my shoulders and, and hold two wooden handles and, and you know, tell the mule to giddy up and here we go, you know. Anybody that's ever done that would tell you they'd much rather ride in an air-conditioned John Deere with a good CD from church going, you know. They'd love that. Oh, they and just every once in a while take a nice sip, you know. Good old refreshing water and just, just plowing on, you know. Oh, gee, it looks a little rough here. I guess I'll just push the handle up a little bit. Increase the RPMs. And uh, I'll, maybe I'll lift the, the back end of things a little bit and, you know, not go so deep. Maybe another place I'll put it down a little deep. And maybe I'll just turn the wheel a little bit so I can get to the other place where I need to go. Not like that in those days with that horse or that mule or that oxen and, and that, that man or woman is strapped in there pulling that plow, friend. I want to tell you, it's a whole different ball game. And some of those antiques are definitely outdated. They're wall hangers. They're like some people's instruments, you know. They told me about one guy. I said, I asked a professional, I said, what kind of, not anything to do with Marvin, said, what kind of saxophone is this? And he said, that's a wall hanger. I said, a wall hanger? Uh, what, what, what does that mean, sir? Help me. I, I don't really know a lot about music, so could you tell me? What, what do you mean by a wall hanger? He said, well, it's in between two keys. So it's just a wall hanger. You just don't use it. You hang it on a wall. Oh, that's what some some antiques need to do. They just need to go to go to um. What's the name of that place we eat at? The one with the big sign when you're getting off the expressway. Cracker Barrel. Go in there. They got lots of them on the wall. Okay, and they can stay on the wall for all I care. Okay, I like God's Holy Ghost. I like the updatedness. I like the fact that it's a God is a is a spirit for all seasons. He doesn't. He's not lagging behind. He's not offering you something that's outdated. This is right up to date. This deals with man's heart. He never changes. I am the Lord thy God. I change not. When it's right, you don't need to change it. And this is right. Apply your heart to it. Get close to this. Draw near to this. Embrace this. Be persuaded of this. Put in an effort about this. Feel after him. You know, my wife was been trying to teach some of our young ladies that um, when they're up here, 
that we're not making hamburgers, that we're worshiping God. You know, she tells him, you know, look how you're making a hamburger. Now, there's other ways to make it. Let me put it under here. Right? But I mean, you know, the truth of the matter is that we want to worship God. We want to praise God. David did it with all of his might. And whatsoever you find to do, the book said, for God, you do it with all your might. You do it with thy might. You don't lag around. You don't drag around. You don't schlep around. You don't, you don't just uh, make it something that it doesn't matter. It matters. This is truly what matters. What the, the wise man was saying. I'm applying my heart to the things that matter. I want to find out the reason for these and what's going on and what this means. I'm not just going to turn up my nose and say, now nah, that don't matter. You better tell yourself when it comes to God, it matters. And it should matter to you because you got a soul and you're going to spend eternity somewhere. Somewhere. There is nothing outdated, old-fashioned about God. You just need to know why. You need to apply your heart so that you can know. Everybody said praise the Lord. So that you can know. You, you want to find out. If you want to know why the church does some things, then you got to do what the what the writer said. Listen to what um, the proverb uh, said, and this is Proverbs twenty one, no twenty two, and verse seventeen. He said, uh, "Bow down thine ear, and hear the words of the wise, and apply thine heart unto my knowledge." Okay. That's, that's what you want to do. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. He said in um, the next one, chapter 23, verse 12, Apply thine heart unto instruction, and thine ears to the words of knowledge. These are things that, that we want to do. We don't want to uh, go through life like they did. You know, the preacher, he preached the word of God to them. And he, uh, they shut up their ears. They put their hands over their ears. And they just ran upon him and stomped him down. But the last thing they saw was they saw him gazing up into heaven. And there he was given a vision. And he saw Jesus. And his last words was, don't lay this sin, sin at their feet. They're just, in other words, just so ignorant, they don't know what they're doing. They're, they're actually running over the messenger of life. They're applying their heart to everything else. Now, you can apply your heart to lots of things, but those things are of no eternal value. And you can get that old cart in front of the donkey and get everything all messed up. You first apply, it's written that you are to seek ye first. Matthew 6 and 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his right way of doing things. You, you do that first. And then he said, we'll add all the rest later. When we've got you on the rock, when we've got you full of instruction, when you know why, the whys of why God does things, when you understand that there is good reason 
There are people who criticize the church. They take a glance at something. They look at something outward, and they begin to criticize. And they begin to say, that don't matter. God don't care about that. You don't have to do that. And they have no clue what the Bible teaches, no matter if they're carrying one. I'm telling you, they have no clue to what the Scriptures teach. They don't know why. God inspired his preacher to bring that word out of his word in subject matter to teach the church how things ought to be done. It's one thing to be saved, and that's a great big number one on the list. But number two is to stay saved. You've got to keep what God gives you, and that's what your Bible said. You've got to guard it. You've got to protect it. You've got to keep it. It becomes yours. The God of our salvation gives us of his salvation, and you've got to I keep it. Got to value it. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. If you're applying your heart, that means you're requesting or seeking assistance. Oh Lord, I sure do need your help. <laughs> you know, that's just what it comes down to. One writer said, I am poor and needy. You know? You know, some of these girls, I get a little worried about them. They're so needy. You know what I'm saying? They just, you know, it's, I got to have this, and I got to have that, and I got to have the other, and get me this, and get me that, and get me the other. And, oh, I, I'm, I'm feeling a little tired. Could you run over there and pick that up for me? Oh, look, I dropped that on the floor. Would you go get that for me? You know, this just so needy. They're so needy. But you know what? <laughs> it, it, that might not be okay with the husband, but it, it's good with God. You just keep telling God how needy you are. Because I need you, Lord. And you know what? You just got to get it. You got to get it focused. Forget about I need to win the lottery. I had a man tell me that the other day. He said, I win the lottery. He said, I'm going to give your church an offering. I said, what you really need to do is give the church 10%. Because you might give less. And the Bible said 10. And I said, but you know what? We don't play the lottery. So you go play the lottery if you want. Just remember what you said. I said, I said, we don't gamble, but if you want to gamble, you're not in the church. That's your business. <laughs> Let me tell you about the guy that many, 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 many years ago, he was a town drunk and gambler. They, you know, things run together. Spirits run in packs. He wasn't just a drunk. He was a drunk and a gambler. And so he, uh, he came to the church one night, and he sat right on the front row, and the preacher was preaching, and he made an altar call, and the fella stumbled up, and he kind of got in front of the altar, and he held up his hand, he's waving a $10 bill. Now, back in them days, $10 was a lot of money, okay? See, kids don't understand that today because $10 don't hardly buy you anything. But, you know, when, when, when old people tell about how they could buy gas for 25 cents a gallon and, and how they could buy candy for a penny, I know them kids look at me now, what you mean a penny? <laughs> Take a whole fistful of pennies, fistful full of pennies <laughs> to get you one piece of candy today, unless you come here. Now, you know, we're pretty good about that. We on sale all the time. But uh, he's waving that $10 bill, and he's, you know, he's a little out of it, and he's, you know, got the hangover going on, and, you know, he's just waving. He said, now, preacher, he said, I know you don't want this because you know where it come from. Preacher reached down, grabbed that $10 bill, and said, give it here. The devil's had it long enough. Well, that's what I'm telling the fellow. If you're going to sin and play the lottery, make sure you win and give your tithing. All right? That'll be just great. Because <laughs> we'll do the right thing with it. 
Now, I'm surely not encouraging everybody to go do that. I think you do just better to put the dollar in the offering. Okay, you put it in the right place and you're staying uninvolved with the wrong things because you're just going to get tricked by the enemy. And he is a liar and the father of it. Hear me this morning, I'm telling you, you want to get with the God of truth, the one who will never lie to you, the one who will never let you down, the one who will never leave you nor forsake you, the one who's saying, I want you to draw near unto me. I want you to apply your heart so that you might know I want to give, incline your ear, bow down your ear, show some humility here. I want to give to you the words of eternal life. I want to give that to you. You want to come and request and seek God's assistance. I'm poor and I'm needy, Lord. Now, you know what? Poor, we relegate that to money all the time or some other materialistic thing. But what about when you're poor in salvation? I had not got this yet, Lord. I'm not quite there yet. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling happy. And I feel uplifted. And those are all good reasons to keep coming back. But at some point, you got to apply your heart and say, you know what, I'm not going to go up there and go through the motions. Love that one. Hello. You know, I'm in the house. You know, you got to apply your heart here. You know, you, you got you to gotta put something in. You got to spring into action here. You got to say, I don't want to go another service. I don't want to go another week. I want this Holy Ghost. I don't want to put it off. I want the Spirit of the Lord. 500 above heard Jesus Christ say, receive ye the Holy Ghost. And 380 did not apply their hearts to learn and to get that experience. They went the other way. They went like the nine who, who just pursued other things and had other ambitions. And I'm, all, I'm okay now. I feel better. Woo, I'm going to run out and go do all those things. Oh, my friend. But about 120 said, oh, no. I'm taking my heart. You've heard of applied psychology well this was applied neology and applied heartology and they went to an upper room and they said we're going to get what Jesus Christ promised us we're going to know him in the power of his might we're going to get the Holy Ghost in the power of his resurrection yes we are and that about 120 went down to that upper room Acts chapter 2 and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They all began to speak with other tongues or languages as the Spirit gave them the utterance. They didn't brush that aside. Oh, no. They didn't just give lip service. Yeah, we see you down at the church house as they went the other way. But about 120 said, we'll see you in the upper room down there at the church house in Jerusalem. We will be there. And, and, and I'm sure they were amazed when they were looking at the 380 plus and saying, hey, 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 where are you going? Hey, you're going the wrong way. Yeah, but uh, they, they, they got this going on. They got that going on. They got the, we're going to see about that. You're going in the wrong way. And finally, they just said, well, I got to go. And they, 120 about, including the apostles and Mary, the mother of the flesh, and the other devout women, they went to church. They didn't just go to any church. They went to the church house where Jesus was going to start his church, where Jesus was going to give birth to his congregation. And he did it by filling them with the Holy Ghost. I want the Holy Ghost, Lord. I want it so bad that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break through all my being reserved and being shy and being quiet. I'm just going to let it rip. I want the Holy Ghost. Jesus, I'm poor. I'm needy. Save me. Save me. I'm applying my heart. I'm requesting and seeking for you to touch me and fill me and deliver me. Oh, Lord, 
you got to be like that little widow woman. She come to the judge and knocked on his door, and the judge said, I'm reading my paper. She knocked on the door, and he said, well, I'm having my coffee. She knocked on the door, and he said, well, I'm going to go answer the door because she ain't going to quit. And Jesus used that to show you how you ought to not quit. You ought to persevere. You ought to keep knocking so that you might receive. You ought to keep seeking that you might find. You've got to ask God. You've got to seek God. You've got to get this experience. And there's no reason to take no for an answer because God is saying yes. Amen. you got to, you're like the blind man on, on, and everybody's blind without this truth. He's on the side of the road, and, they, and he's calling. He heard Jesus was there in the vicinity, and he starts screaming out loud. He has no idea where he is. He's screaming north. He's screaming south. He's screaming east. He must have been turning like a top, trying to find out where he's at. I'm, i got to get his attention. And you know, as humans, sometimes we're, we're not too sure where he's at. Sometimes we, we get, especially if we're brand new, and, we, and we're told, you can have the Holy Ghost. And we're like, well, what do I do? And what, what, which way do I face? Do I lift my hands? Do, what do I do? We get a little, you know. And old blind Bartimaeus, he, he didn't know which way was up, down, or whatever's going on. This man was blind. But he sure knew, like some of our new babies, they discover their voice. He knew he had a voice. And the Bible said when they told him to cool it, he cried the more. He cried louder. He said, no, sir, I'm not toning it down. I want to get what Jesus can give me, and I'm going to get it. And he got it, and you can get it. You can have the Holy Ghost. He gave that flesh on the cross that you might receive the Holy Ghost. You need to understand that. He put in, he put in the effort. He made it possible for you to draw near to him by doing what he did on the cross. Everybody said praise the Lord. You can remain standing. Thank you for standing. You want to request here assistance. You want to seek assistance from the Lord. And he wants to give it to you. He's not playing hide and seek here this morning. But he, he is looking to see if you're going to apply your heart. I think I've used the example many times. A little woman's head was where her feet was, and Jesus called her to him. She had great affliction in her life. She had a situation and had to do with her spine. But he called her to him. You're going to see if you're going to put in the effort. If you apply your heart, you're, you're, you're putting in effort. You're devoting yourself to effort. I'm not going to just go through a service and yawn. I'm not just going to go through a service and in my mind do other business and think about other things. No, no, no. I'm going to apply my heart here. I'm going to focus my thoughts. I'm going to set my emotions. I'm going to set it on things that are above. I'm seeking for the Holy Ghost. I want the salvation of God. I'm going to repent of my sins. I'm going to get in that tank and get baptized in Jesus' name and all my sins forgiven. And then I'm going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And everybody said, praise the Lord. And everybody said, hallelujah. One man uh, came up on a situation had to do with salvation, and the, and the preacher said, well, what doth hinder? You know, or the guy said, what doth hinder? And the preacher said, nothing hinders. Nothing. Everything's right here. He said, well, let's go. 
And that's how you ought to feel. Because Jesus has supplied it all. He's got the, he said, you poor needy. He said, I'll supply all you need. I'll supply all you need. You just got to focus on what the need really is. It's not a pair of shoes. It's not some other thing, trinket thing. It is salvation. I need to repent. I need to get baptized in Jesus' name. And I need to get the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is a gift. And he wants to give it to you. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm praising you, Lord. We're all praising you, Jesus. Oh, Lord God, I bless your holy name. I need your righteous spirit. I need your great and mighty power. Help me, God, this very morning. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I'm really lacking when it comes to prayer, Lord. You don't need to pray some kind of pious prayer. You just need to tell them, I need you, Jesus. I want this Holy Ghost. I'm not going to worry about what I look like, what I sound like. People that wanted something from God, they didn't worry. They got past all those human emotions. Oh, friend, they got past pride, rebellion, disobedience. They swatted those things out of the way. I'm coming to you, Jesus. One woman, she said, I know he's got what I need. I'm going to press through everything. I'm going to push through everything. I'm not going to let family. I'm not going to let so-called friends. I'm not going to let anything. Hey, Lord, would you please make me to know that I'm not going to live forever down here. My days are numbered. My end could come in any second. And what I've got to breathe right now, I want to breathe it towards you and tell you I need you. I need the Holy Ghost. I need to break through here. I need to get right at your feet. I need to make contact with you. I need to experience this great power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, we're lifting our hearts with our hands and we're singing and worshiping. And we're gathering around the front, all the men over here, all the ladies over here. Come in tight and close. Make room for everybody. You can apply your heart to many things in this life and never get better. Things never going to work out. You apply your heart to the knowledge of salvation and things will work out. Good things will happen. Make room now. Come in tight. Double.